Oh, hallelujah. God bless you this morning. You may be seated. Well, I'm glad he didn't come off the cross. How about you? I'm glad he didn't listen to the naysayers and the doubters and those that didn't really have a clue what they was talking about. Amen. But he stayed on the cross. He could have come off, but he didn't. Thank God. And now because of that, you and I became a part of this great truth. Amen. Having a God that we can call on, having promises that are going to be granted and given to us as Gentiles. I'm glad I'm a part of that number, that great number, that far off number. Amen. Way down the times of eon, but now here we are. We gathered here this morning to love and worship none other but Jesus Christ through the power, through the worshiping, amen, of truth and revelation and understanding. God bless you this morning. Our classes, let them go back. Brother Ford's classes stay out with us. Hallelujah. My, my. It did a great day to be living for God. Hallelujah. Chaos is all over our nation, all over our world. This world is going to fall apart things that people has built their dreams and substance and put themselves into if it's outside of the word of God outside the promises of this good true God hallelujah it's going to become a man is sinking sand it's going to crumble out from under them it's going to fail them as much as you read as often as the idol gods failed the Israelites and failed a man the others that give themselves unto them gods that didn't have ears to hear and eyes to see and hands to reach out but I'm glad a man I'm, I'm being held to the hand of one with a promise that no man can pluck me out I'm glad I'm serving one today a man the Bible says is I are going to and fro, looking for opportunities to manifest himself through the vessels that believe in him, that trust in him. What an hour, amen, for you and I as individual vessels to be leaning on God, not our own understanding, not trusting in our own abilities. Amen. Paul made that clear. He said, I have no confidence in the flesh. And he talked about the pedigrees and he gave a long list. Hallelujah. If he wanted to put trust in the flesh and things of that nature. But you know what? He considered all that as nothing but dung. Amen. When it, whenever you shove it in the light of the revelation of Jesus Christ and the baptism of the Holy Ghost and the divine touch of God. I'm telling you, everything else, amen, fades. Everything else, amen, comes, amen, is quick and sand, amen, is going to sift away. But I'm glad to dig down and got hold of a rock, a rock, amen, that can bring water in the desert times of my life, a well that can spring up when I begin to sing to it with confidence and faith and assurance and with a joy, not murmuring and complaining, but God, you brought me to this situation not to kill me, but to manifest your glory and manifest your power. You didn't bring me across this opportunity against the adversary, adversaries of our souls and lives and times. Amen. For us to fall to the wayside. Oh no, God. You brought us this point in time and place to represent your name and your glory and power. And by the help of God and the grace of God, we're going to do it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Word about all these different things. God's got it. God's walking right beside us. God's got us by the right hand. If you hold on to his hand, I'll tell you what he'll do. He'll pull you out of that sinking waters. After you stepped out believing, amen, that he, when he said come, you start sinking, amen, if you'll cry out to him. Hallelujah. Peter didn't cry out, amen, to the other disciples. and Hey, get that boat over here. now. They were something more sure than the boat. More powerful than man's ever made. I don't care what it is, and it's God Almighty. Hallelujah. He still rules and reigns, and if we'll let him, I'll tell you, he'll rule and reign in our affairs. I'll tell you, he'll do it in a way to give him glory. That's the reason it's a mystery sometimes. That's the reason it's a little hard sometimes to wrap our minds around it and get a hold of it sometimes. 
Hallelujah. Because when God does it his way, hallelujah, we can't, we can't get no credit for it. Uh, we, we, can't, we can't take no, no credit for it. Only thing we can take credit in, I believed him. I trust him. And he worked it out. <laughs> he worked it out. He put it all back together. Oh, Humpty Dumpty fell off the wall. But a man wouldn't have wanted to try to put him together. Oh, there's a man involved called Jesus Christ. And the only door that you can get to this heavenly father. But you got to know this man by his name and by his power and by his spirit. And if you know him, hallelujah, he has access to whatever you have need of in this house. And he can speak to the storms or give you the energy and the strength and comfort to go through it. They all, they all manifest and declare the powers of God. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, that's, that's, I'm afraid sometimes that's where we mess up. We just, just because if we're not careful, we say that we don't want cookie cutters until it comes to our situation. And then we want that cookie cutting stuff, you know. <laughs> no. All of a sudden, a little lady, after 12 years of spending all she had, going to all the physicians she could hear of, Heard of one called Jesus. And the best we can tell by scriptures, nobody had ever practiced of touching the hem of his garment. But when she made up in her own mind, amen, after hearing, faith cometh by hearing. We got to have an ear to hear. And hear what God's got to say, not what man's got to say. Hear, not, don't hear what the world's got to say. Don't hear what the neighbor's got to say. I want to hear what God's got to say about it. Hallelujah. Because see, God's, amen, can do things that you and I can't do. God can move in hearts and minds. I'm telling you the judgment, amen, the judge's heart's in the hands of this God. Hallelujah. Whenever the naysayers and everybody else says, hey, we've done all we can do. That doesn't mean that's not all that God can do. Hallelujah. We've done all we can do. And God's blessed us. And we got these resources. But that's not enough. But you know what? I'm going to reach a little higher. I'm going to believe, amen, on a greater source and a greater power. I believe in an almighty being. I believe in a power, amen, that can move in places. Of, hallelujah. That can create fish. Because he knew there was going to be a Jonah. There was going to be a little rebellious. And so I'll just create me a fish to help take care of little Jonah. Hallelujah. So whenever they had to throw him overboard, I'll catch him. When the world wants to throw you overboard, if you'll let you, God will catch you. When family wants to throw you overboard, if you'll let God, God will catch you. And God will prepare a place, amen, to keep you and bring you back to where his will and purpose. Hallelujah. I read an article one time, scientists saying there ain't no such thing a fish. A grown man, amen. But you know that's because they depended on their own abilities. The Bible said God created a fish. May be the one and only. Jesus called it a whale. I tell you what, I never went swimming beside a whale, but I seen enough pictures of them. I believe I could fit inside them. <laughs> Praise God. I've heard of people going in some of these places, you know, and go down in some of them places and big old catfish. That's pretty good size. I believe the mouth that big can swallow me. <laughs> Hallelujah. If God prepares it, don't worry. You know, then you got people tell you that, oh, that, you know, the Red Sea, that they couldn't come across. And the Bible said to come across on dry ground. <laughs> then you've had these people say, well, it was just ankle deep. Well, either way, it's a miracle. God took ankle deep water and drowned horses and chariots and, and men. Or he, he made them departed the way and made a way, and it was dry ground. Hallelujah. If anything, they had dusty feet when they got out on the other side, not muddy, wet feet. Woo! Hey! 
I've had to serve the living God that's alive and well today, sitting on the circle of this earth, looking down upon us. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Man, that'll settle your nerves when nothing else will. That'll put calmness in your spirit when nothing else will. That'll put a healthiness and a soundness in your mind when nothing else will. When you know without a doubt, without a waver, I know he's alive. Because he's alive in me. <laughs> That's how I know he's alive. He's not just a song. He's not just a, a story. He's alive. He's a God that can wake me up at that midnight hour and nudge me out of that bed and direct me in prayer that can change a life for somebody. He's a God that can quicken and inspire us and give us direction and help us along this journey. Praise God. Praise God. All right, a lesson this morning. God will supply. Hallelujah. God will supply. My, my, my. Focus thought, God takes care. God takes care of his people. You know, that's a very true statement. Won't you listen to me a second? God also reigns on the unjust as well as the just. The unjust couldn't fare as well as they, they do without God. All of its creation, the very first Ten Commandments that God put into motion. By the speaking of his word. From the creation of the sun, the moon, the stars, and the earth, and trees, and all the great hosts thereof. Hallelujah. It was a God that spoke all that energy and set it on his path. And it's going to achieve and accomplish what God has set it out to accomplish and achieve. And it's not going to fold up not one minute before this great author's got it set time. Amen. For it to all take place. So we know today, hallelujah, this God. Now, let me say something because I'm, I'm sure already in some of our minds and hearts and spirit. Well, what about this? And didn't answer here. Or this didn't happen. <laughs> or could I say I still don't have my million dollars in my CD count yet? Huh? <laughs> or could I say I don't have my 10 million? Maybe, maybe your goal's a little higher. I believe I can help us out today. Praise God, I really do. <laughs> See, America's put that in us. And I'm not against it or preaching against it. I'm not. Lay up, store up, you know. Bible talks about it. Now, most of what the Bible talks about is laying up in places where you don't have to worry about no man stealing it. <laughs> Those treasures and riches are a little different than the treasure and riches that's upon the earth. Amen. And that we respond to. Praise God. <laughs> Key verses in 1 Kings 17 and 16. And the barrel of meal wasted not. Neither did the cruise of oil fail. According to the word of the Lord. Which he spake by Elijah. Huh. According to the word of the Lord. Now watch this. Somebody had to speak it. Somebody had to be connected enough to the God of heaven to speak the word on the earth before God could honor it. That hasn't changed today. 
That's the reason scriptures taught us that the power of life and death is in the tongue. It's what you speak. <laughs> Brother Barry and I was talking this morning a little bit, and I told him about his Uncle Gerald. He was in a hardware store there one day, and this hadn't been too many months ago. And uh, he's talking about his age and doing pretty good. And he says, man, he said, I, I just don't never tell myself I'm too old. I can't do something. He said, I just don't say that. <laughs> I believe I'm going to follow his principle. I'm not going to say that I'm too old. And I don't listen to many of you when you tell me that I'm too old. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. So I figured, you know, if he could do it for the natural, we ought to do it for the spiritual. Hallelujah. I'm not, I'm not, you know, my goal is not to be a 65-year-old that's going to win some marathon somewhere. <laughs> but I wouldn't mind being a 65-year-old preaching revival with a hundred souls in it. <laughs> I wouldn't mind, amen, praying for people, hallelujah, that sought for the Holy Ghost maybe for years. But somebody just didn't have the ability to stay with and all of a sudden God moves upon that old 65 or 70 or 75. Year. See, it's not the vessel. It's what's in the vessel. Hallelujah. And what's in the vessel, when it begins to manifest itself and declares its powers, it rules and reigns over every spirit. It can drive the devil out of your life when nothing else can. It can deliver you from drugs and alcohol and nothing else can. When you try this and try that like the little lady with the issue of blood. But when she came to Jesus immediately, amen, somebody touched me and healing virtue flowed out of my body. I tell you that's the same God that's in this house this morning. And immediately healing virtue can flow in this place and flow in your heart, your body, your body and your spirit. Can I say something about that? We need as much help in that area today, and maybe more so than we do with physical bodies, is the mental and spiritual being of where we're at. A lot of this chaos is going on. It's because the mental and spiritual ability of that. And we're not playing light on the other part. Both of them nothing but the working of the flesh and the working of the devil. <laughs> Those things are not the working of God. If they let God have his way, it would never even happen. That never exploded. <laughs> when you do things God's way, it don't leave no room for the devil. The only way the devil get involved is get some false witnesses. Get some liars involved. Get some tail barriers involved. Well, praise God. That don't change the fact when you're doing right. And he says, hey man, you know what? That's one of the greatest examples showing that you're full of the Holy Ghost and walking with God. When you're false accused and you handle that right. Hello, when you're attacked by the enemy, amen, from the blindest side, but you respond to that. It's not, you know, it's not a big deal, amen, when you're done wrong. Amen, you take it all right. But when you're false accused and you still hang on the cross. Hallelujah, whenever, you know, they, they, they look at you, mock and wag their old heads and, and saying, well, he, he said he could save others. Why don't he say himself? He was. He was saving the whole world. He was saving the whole world. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth him should not perish. I'm here to tell you this morning that nobody ought not to perish because God's got a gospel and a plan and a way. Amen. To supply our every need. Hallelujah. Praise God. We got an awesome story here about Elijah, the 17th chapter. We'll be dealing about the first 16 verses. Amen. Uh, it's just a beautiful story. It's a beautiful layout for you and I today even. Praise God. 
You know, he had to go hide himself for a while. Praise God. He didn't have a home to get in, though. He couldn't kick back and get his phone out. Listen to preaching and songs. and All he had to depend on was God and that little, that little brook. Amen, flowing by. That was before Jordan. He had to depend on it. And there's probably, as time went on, and I'm not sure how much time he spent at these places. I'm not real sure. I know it's three and a half years as involved. But you know what? I'm sure he began to watch that, that, that brook. The first time he pulled up there and walked up there and said, hey, this is where God wants me to get. Brook, amen, amen, is a cut out place. Watch it. It's a separated gorge. When it's called a brook, it's, it's more like a stream. It's, it's not really necessarily a creek or a river, but yet it's a special place. Apparently a place that the king, a man, wouldn't come look for water. Because you know why? Because it had dried up. And so I could just see Elijah, you know, say, God, I know I heard you. But boy, this brook sure looks like it's getting dry. Yesterday, a man, when I dipped the cup in, <laughs> you know, I, I, when he first got there, it wasn't much to it. Man, he could just barely just fill it right up, drink all he wanted, laid back, kick back, place of rest. That's what we want, isn't it? Don't we like to get, don't think that what we're looking for, a place of ease where we can kick back and get up when we want to get up, go to bed when we want to go to bed. And, I mean, he didn't have to worry about none of that. In the will of God. <laughs> Hallelujah. But uh, as time slipped by, got a little harder, amen, to fill up that bottle. It, it may have got to the place where he had to start digging out a little bit. Let me kind of run in and, and then fill it up. It actually got to the place that it dried up. Dried up. So I know I got ahead of myself. I'm sorry. But as we watch this man of God being used of the Lord, they knew he was a man of God. And uh, I'll, I'll make this statement now. They knew by his attire who he was. You're going to read on the latter part of this lesson. Even the widow recognized that he was a prophet from the God of heaven. Now the scriptures. Well, I, I want to get ahead of myself. So let's, let's just go. Elijah the Tisbite, who was the inhabitant of Gilead unto Ahab. As the Lord God of Israel liveth. Anybody thankful for the Lord God of Israel? That's alive and well today. Before whom I stand. This is who I'm going to represent is what he's saying. It's not necessarily before I stand like I stand before him. Like No, I stand as in his presence, as in his representation, as his messenger here. He's the one that sent me. <laughs> you know, <laughs> have you ever had to go tell somebody something? So-and-so, the boss told you to go tell so-and-so, hey, man, you got to go down here and do this other job. And uh, you knew they wasn't going to like it, and you really didn't want to carry the message. But uh, So you went down there anyway because the boss told you to, and you got down there, hey, you made it clear. The boss told me to come tell you. 
This is not my idea. <laughs> don't jump on me. Don't beat me up. Don't, don't rant and rave and cuss me out. It's kind of like shooting the mail, the mail lady or the man, whoever brings you mail, you know, stand out there at the mailbox. Don't you bring me no mobiles now. Don't you put another one of them in my box and, you know, calling that. Some of you may do it on the other. I don't know a whole lot about that other where you do it. But anyway, I don't know who you'd shut down. But you call them up and tell them on email. Send them a little email. Say, don't you send no more bills in my direction. Huh. If you do, I'm going to kill you. Praise God. So, so Elijah found himself in this place and position. And the writer mentions it. He talks about, you know, it's a little different today that you and I might could do, you know, but... In a, in a way, I may not agree with him because if you went up to Mr. Trump and you went into the Oval Office and you knocked on the door and told him, Mr. Trump, for the next three and a half years, won't be no rain. I know you got enough trouble on your plate, but I just want to come tell you, God's closing up the heavens and won't be no more rain. So all your farmers are fixing to starve to death. All y'all fixing to starve to death and all your gods is fixing to starve to death. I just thought I'd come by and tell you. Put him up. Put him somewhere. He's got to be crazy. See, they don't believe in that too much anymore. That's the reason the church has drifted away from, from fear and reverence. But I promise you, the right situations come in here, and the right man walked in here, and all of a sudden, some Ananias and Sapphira started hitting the floor. Hmm. We'll start repenting before we leave the house. <laughs> we wouldn't wait till we get to church. <laughs> Y'all might as well get with me. I mean, we're church. God knows us inside and out, and you know what? He loves us. So don't, don't get the wrong interpretation here this morning. He loves us. He knows our uprights and our downfalls, but he's full of compassion and he's full of mercy. And I'm so thankful he is because I wouldn't be here today if he wasn't. All right? So as Elijah begins to tell Ahab what's fixing to unfold and what's fixing to take place, amen, and what's, what's going to happen, he says, he says this. Elijah was a man subject. Well, I'm getting ahead of myself in James 7 there, but watch this. He said, before whom I stand there shall not be dew nor rain. No dew either. I, I, I can relate to that. I, I, especially a lot of times, uh, you know the only thing I plant. Y'all know what I plant, don't you? I plant ryegrass. I plant uh, stuff for deer, right? Plots, that's all I plant. I, I depend on all the rest of you to bring me garden stuff and all that other stuff. Praise God. And you pick it, you know. Ferguson, you pick it. We depend on them for all that other. But anyway, but I've seen a many, not one time, but a many a times, a man, when you plant it, especially you plant it too early, it gets drought time, seems to set in. And that grass will just barely come up and hit, and it'll only be about that tall. And it'll just sit there. But you know what's causing it to survive? You thank God for the dew that's falling on it every night. Because that little bit of dew is what's is holding on by that little bit of dew until the rain's coming. <laughs> Amen. Don't, 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 don't shove aside them little visitations from God. When you're driving down the road and all of a sudden you feel that little brush of the Lord. What was that? You better, you better, better pay attention to it. Better pay attention. God knows. God knows what we don't know. He knows what's down the road. He knows what's around the bend. Hallelujah. But if you pay attention, amen, to them little visitations and them little blessings and them little touches, it'll prepare you, amen, until the rain comes. Hallelujah. How many times we can witness right here? Amen. Thank God, amen, for, for weekly services and even midweek services. Hallelujah. Praise God. That midweek service that made a difference until I could get back to a, two, to a Sunday where we get a double happen. Amen. That little midweek service on Wednesday night that I just drug myself in. 
been there. I've done been fighting the bears and the lions and all the demons. Hallelujah. For three days. Hallelujah. Been getting up before sun and staying up after. But I, I've come into midweek service because I need that little touch. I need that little visitation. I need that little shot in the arm. Because I know, amen, in that little visitation, there's no telling what I might just get. Hallelujah. What I might receive or what I might experience. Amen. By coming to the house of God and letting God minister to me and touch me. And so, so here, you watch this. He tells him, he said, hey, no dew and no rain. Now, really, at this point, you know, he doesn't even tell Ahab exactly how long this is going to last. Amen. But he, he tells him this, but according to my word. Now, Ahab believed in the God Almighty. Believe that or not, he did. The problem with Ahab's, the, like the problem of a lot of people today, they don't believe in just the Jehovah God, Jesus Christ. They believe in many gods, and he's just one of the gods. And that won't work. That's like believing the gospel in the many ways of the gospel. No, it's only one gospel. It's only one foundation, only one truth. There's only one ark, one tabernacle. And so, boy, I'm telling you, I can dig some stuff up quick here, can't I? <laughs> Hallelujah. So here, here we go. It's, uh, 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 Ahab, you know, no doubt realized that, hey, this is going to be the man. This is going to be the one. Now, he wasn't any different than anybody else. And you go to James 5 and 17. Elias, a man, which was Elijah, was a man subject to like passion as we are. A man subject to it, inclined to it. He wouldn't excuse a man of having to deal with fear and uncertainty and even fear and death and, 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 and things of that nature. And this is some of the mystery that I'd like to maybe help us to maybe get a hold of this morning and, and, and comprehend. Amen. Because as we go through this lesson and through some of the scriptures and, and how that the Lord is able to protect him and provide for him. Hallelujah. But yet even if you read and study the life of Elijah, there are times amen. Hallelujah. When he was also faced the enemy and when he, when he was a voice of God and the prophet of God that the king would take him and have him sent out and stuck down into the well where there was no water but nothing but miry clay and sent down in there to die. Amen. And he stayed in that, that well. Amen. And in that, that cesspool. If you're, I mean, you remember Brother Floyd Odom making a statement about that, that. That that place was known as a cesspool. Amen. And how that the man of God was set down and sunk down in so long as such a such an enemy that, that whenever God finally moved on his behalf. And when he's not say finally because if you're in that kind of situation it don't take but a few minutes and you're already oh God I wish you'd come to my rescue. Man it's hot and sweaty down here and I'm seeking up. I don't know how how far I'm going to go. I don't know how deep it's going to get. Kind of reminds me, amen, the story of Brother John Wayne when he talked about when Katrina come in and that water and they got on top of them fire trucks and holding the purlins on the top of that building and that water coming in so fast they didn't know what to do. He said, I watched grown men. He said, my, I mean, I said myself included, said, man, they was crying and screaming, hallelujah, because that water was coming so fast. and said, it come right on up to about right here. Amen. And all of a sudden it stopped. And so you could tell by the man of God himself, he said, oh God, is this the way I'm going to die? Is this the way I'm going to leave here? I know I preach the word. I know I walk me. So, so what I'm trying to get you to understand this morning, God works in, the, in the mysterious ways and, and bringing deliverance and bringing protection. Hallelujah. But it's all a God thing. Because we belong to him. We're his vessels. And so how God chooses to allow things to unfold. I could tell you this morning that everybody's life is not just the same. Everybody has not faced the same circumstances and situations. 
<laughs> oh, help me here this morning, God. That's the reason it's easy sometimes for some that's real successful maybe in this area to judge and condemn and even maybe cast down a little bit on others that struggle. But I'm going to promise every one of us something. We've all got our struggles. We've all got our ups and our downs. We've all got our, uh, our lives events and things that's went on in our lives. And some of those things we question. And some of those things we battle with. And if we're not careful, we'll do like Peter. We'll look over to the Lord and say, what about John? What about this one? And the Lord has to look at us and says, hey, I'll take care of him. You don't worry about him. And so whenever you and I as vessels of God and understanding that he will supply my every need. He's got his own way of doing that. He's got his own method. But the real faith and trust is to believe it. You know what? God's going to do it. God's going to do it. That's the reason we don't, we don't live by sight. That's the reason Paul said, amen, don't get your eyes on what this earth has to offer you. Pick your eyes up. Lift them up. Look beyond this one. That's where your real help comes from. That's where the real strength of life comes from. That's the reason Paul himself could say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And you've got to understand when he made the statement, Christ, that was the anointed one. He wasn't one of the boys among, amen, the so-called gods and idols and people that bow down to and worship. He was Jesus Christ, God Almighty. And anointing that come through him comes upon us. And by this anointing, this unction is how the writer puts it. Amen. Thank God for the unction, the anointing. That's the reason you and I must have the baptism of the Holy Ghost. That's what's going to hold us and sustain us and guide us and comfort us when nothing else will. Because it lies on the inside. It works down in here. Huh. It'll permeate and work its way out. Wounds that can sometimes be so weighed down. So far beyond what medication. Are you going to take all the pain medicine you want to? But it won't, it won't do nothing with this pain. You could take all the, the types of nerve pills you want to. But it won't settle that storm. That darkness. God allow me next few weeks. I'm going to preach on about darkness. And drive it out. That's what's happened to this country. The devil's doing everything he can to drive darkness. And hopelessness into our nation and into our world. But as long as the church is alive, amen, the church is on this, on this earth, I, I believe this. America still has a chance to. <laughs> Praise God, will you do with that what you want to? That's, that's your business. I'm not one of the big prophet gods. I just know one thing. Hallelujah, this nation didn't get here by itself. It was a hand of God and the blessings of God because men believed in his word. And the best of their understanding, they practice it. And God honors it. He hasn't changed his mind in doing that. So, so as we watch this, he's like passion as we are. He prayed earnestly that it might not rain. He still had to pray. That's what James said. Well, I tell you what, the New Testament helps enlighten us a little bit about the Old Testament. Won't it, Brother Corey? Praise God. He called me the other evening coming home. He said, hey, this guy here talking about Genesis and only eight souls in the ark and all this other stuff. And he, some scripture he had to say there's a lot more of and all that. And, uh, you know, I'm not the best at memorizing all that good stuff. But I told Brother Corey, I said, Brother Corey, I'm almost sure you go to... The apostle Peter, I said, um, he said eight souls, eight souls 
Sure enough, he checked it out, and I checked it out, texted it to him the next night. He said, man, I found it. He said, I didn't text him. He said, I said, I'm going to change my idea about that one, ain't I? <laughs> you sure do. Because I told him, I said, I'm going to tell you right now, I believe, I believe Peter before I'm going to believe this guy. <laughs> Hallelujah. Peter said there's eight. That's how many it was. I don't care what other scriptures you come up with. Hallelujah. I mean, sometimes you just got to let the Word of God be the Word of God, regardless of all these educated folks and what they're saying. I mean, hey, the Word of God's the Word of God. I mean, my goodness. So anyway, let's move on here. Praise God. So as we watch some of this, amen. And so, but you know what? God was going to use Elijah. God was going to use him as a witness of, of his power and his authority. Amen. Being able to close up the heavens. And so the Bible said he prayed earnestly and closed up the heavens. You know what? There's coming another time down in the future. There's going to be a couple of witnesses. You can find them in Revelations 11, 3 through 6. These two witnesses, amen, are going to prophesy. And they're going to be in business for some thousand, two hundred and three, three score days, which is about three and a half years. They're going to be, now watch this. Louis, the Bible says they're going to be clothed in sackcloth. They probably won't have them $1,000 suits on. How'd you like that one? Praise God. Okay, $2,000 suit. I don't know. Praise God. But uh, the Bible says they're going to have on sackcloth. Amen. But you watch the power they're going to have. These are the two olive trees and the two candlesticks standing before God of the earth. And if any man, now watch this. You know, you know occasionally we'd like to have this kind of power, wouldn't we? I mean, just, you know, just every once in a while. What, 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 what's this here? For any man will hurt them, fire proceeded out of their mouth. <laughs> now, there's a time for all things. Now, this is a point. I'm fixing to make another point with you. <laughs> because whenever the disciples were walking to Jesus, and some of them didn't want to do right and come down and worship like they ought to, there's a couple of them said, hey, hey, why don't we call fire down upon them? Jesus turns around and says, you don't know what spirit you are. But when this thing gets to Revelation, and with these two witnesses right here, with fire is going to come out of their mouth. Now, is that going to be literal fire that's going to consume them? Well, here we go. <laughs> Got to get in all this stuff, don't we? But, but watch what it says. It said, it, fire proceedeth out of their mouth and devoureth their enemies. And if any man will hurt them, he must in this manner be killed. We was at Mr. David yesterday even. I was talking about some of this that's going on. And he, he, was, he was really being kind about it. But he said, you know, he said, I know you can't just go out there and kill all these folks. He said, at least I don't think God would want you to go out there and kill all these folks. And he went on with some of it. And I, I brought him back. I told him back, you know, been reading about Elijah a little bit. So I said, well, I'll tell you what. There was a time in Elijah's life. And I looked at about 50 guys went out there to get him. And God, God, burn them up. He sent fire down there. <laughs> I said, there's another 50 showed up. And he, I said, yeah, I'll tell you what, when that third bunch of 50 come up there, son, they approach a whole lot different. Oh, mercy, please. Oh. I tell you one thing. The devil and all the unbelievers are going to know there is a living God. And a living God that has made a way to supply our every need. That's the reason the Bible says, whosoever will, they can be saved. If you hunger and thirst after this God, you can find him. If you hunger and thirst after righteousness, you can acquire it. You shall be filled. That's the word of God. When you earnestly and sincerely seek for the Holy Ghost and you sell out to it, it's going to show up. It's going to show up. And so... So we watch Elijah as he begins to work. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Get thee hence, and turn thee eastward, and hide thyself by the brook of Cherith, that is before Jordan. 
this small branch, this place here that was a special place, no doubt, the Lord had placed for him. And it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook. And I have what? Commanded the ravens to feed thee there. I've commanded them. Um, no doubt, you know, to, to hear the Lord command the animals to do against that which would be natural is no big thing. We see that with the, the cows, amen, that the calves were taken away from them. And, and they hooked him to that cart and they brought that ark back anyway, lowing. But yet they, they went against nature. So we know that God can perform this. And the writer even talks about it. Talks about the raven and how that it's not considered as a, an animal that you would think that God would use. Or a method or way that God would use to supply the need for the man of God. And so here again, you and I can learn from this. We can understand and realize that God can use individuals. Maybe individuals in our lives that we never would dreamed of. That would be willing to come to our rescue. That would be willing to pay an electric bill. To be willing to carry us somewhere or do something of that nature. And some says, well, that was them. No, that was the blessings of God. Amen. They couldn't have done it. They wouldn't have the blessings of the means to have done it. Amen. If God hadn't have blessed them. And so it all still goes back to God. Amen. Because he's the one. And so whenever you and I perform these kind of acts in, in whatever side the fence we may fall on, sometime on the receiving side and sometime on the giving side. And the scripture is very plain about blessed is he that gives. Amen. You know why? Because it was given to him first. He was laid into his hands and opportunity come his way. Amen. To show the blessings and the kindness. And so here as, as God used a, a, an animal, a man that, and he goes on and talks about uh, some things there how that uh, some may have been even afraid of, of the raven and some that may have saw how it brought down and, and, and served. But uh, let, let me, let me t say this to you. <laughs> Praise God. Elijah didn't have a menu to choose from. Elijah, you know, he just obeying God. And so now I got a drink from the brook, amen, and now a raven's going to come, and whatever bread and bread, amen, this day in and day out. Oh, can I preach to you a little bit this morning? We, we got to get out of this mentality sometimes uh, with the entertainment of the world, uh, that we got to be entertained every time we come to the house of God. Now listen to what I'm telling you. Hallelujah by some musical things and some some new thing out of the Bible and something like this and that. And, and it's not, no, you know, the bread's a bread. Hallelujah. God fed, amen, Israel manna and he fed them, amen, day in and day out. Manna, manna, manna. Thank God for the word. I'm not looking for new doctrines. I'm not looking for new little tingling things. Hallelujah. If anything, I want to search the scriptures. Hallelujah. To make my call and election sure. If I'm going to search the scriptures, amen, that it might quicken my heart and, and cause me. But I'm not looking, amen, to something, amen, to impress the people with or entertain. Come on, I preach it to you because there's a spirit of entertainment and it slipped its way into the apostolic churches and it slipped its way into us because flesh and carnality loves to be entertained and to be an entertainer. Be an entertainer. Building our stages. I'm not against. Oh, I, well, sometimes I feel like I'm waiting out some stuff. I'm thinking, boy, you ain't got no business here. But, <laughs> but you can see the man of God here. Whatever God had mapped out for him. And the bread that was brought every morning and every evening. You could probably set the clock by it. God's always an on-time God. He wouldn't come too early, but he wouldn't be late. 
Sometimes being willing to wait and to trust. See, this is where the trust comes in. A lot of part of a lesson talks a lot about the trust. This is where the trust comes in. Amen. But see, it's God. That's the reason Elijah kept sending the servant. It don't have to be much. I just got to know by the hand of God. I just got to know. I'm praying, amen, for the heavens to open back up and for it to rain. It's been three and a half years. I know it hadn't rained in three and a half years, but, but he earnestly prayed. Amen. While everybody else is doing their thing, he was earnestly on the side of that mountain praying and interceding, crying out. But, but he had to see what? The cloud the size of a man's hand. Praise God as it came. That's enough. That's all I need. Hallelujah. God take care of the rest of it. It didn't, it didn't have to go. It didn't have to be black boiling. Come on, preaching to you. I'm going somewhere. You just watch this. If you're living for God and you're trusting God, it don't matter about your bank account. Your bank account's not keeping you. If it is, then you're not trusting God. And if your bank account controls, amen, your spirit and your walk in God and your joy in God, then God's not your God. Your bank account is. Or position. Or your name. Or your own reputation. You got anything for this? You, you watch this. I had intention kind of making this service short today, getting everybody out before it got, gets bad. But Lord, help us. He'll take care of that too, okay? <laughs> He'll take care of that. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> We're sure going to put it in his hands. <laughs> Hallelujah. I can't ride with everybody, but he can. <laughs> Hallelujah. He can send angels, put them on all four of your little vehicle, buddy. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. And so as you watch this, Amen. Begin to unfold, begin to take place. And the Bible talks about how the brook dried up. And, and so the word, the Lord, the Bible says in the eighth verse, the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Arise, get thee to Zarephath, which belongeth to Sidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. <laughs> I know if, if the Lord spoke to me that way and he was going to send me somewhere and he said a widow, my first thought to be, well, man, she must have had, she must be a rich old wealthy thing. <laughs> I'm just being honest. I mean, when I, when I, when, when, when just, just as a man, you know, when I'm pulling up, I'd, I'd expect to pull up to gates. Got a security guard out there. Sir, can I help you? Yes, I come to see the widow. The Lord sent me to her. Put up this big old mansion. <laughs> I mean, she's going to sustain me. She's going to keep me. <laughs> she's going to have a whole lot more than what I got. <laughs> Don't tell me that's not the way we think. Don't tell me that's not the way we think God ought to work. Don't tell me. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you today in the Holy Ghost. <laughs> God will supply our every need. So sure enough, he makes his way there, and he um, arose and went to Zarephath because the brook had dried up. He didn't have much of a choice. <laughs> Praise God! You know, it's 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 amazing. 
and, and I can speak for myself as well as others, sometimes God has to let certain blessings dry up before he can ever move us to other ones. Sometimes that's, that's probably good. And at other times, it's probably a lack of our faith because we, we really like to be comfortable. When's the last time you walked in a furniture place and you said, y'all got any rocks for sale? I'm looking for a bed to sleep on. Y'all got any rocks? Especially them's kind of pointy, you know. <laughs> I'm looking for a comfortable bed to sleep in. Y'all got any? No. We sure don't. <laughs> I never had nobody ask me for that. <laughs> no, we like. I like be comfortable. Yeah. That's the reason God allowed people to invent them little knobs on the wall. So we're going to adjust the temperature. Put knobs on the lights. We can make them brighter or dim them. We like that, don't we? That's the reason we left, you know, the Lord to create sweets. And with sweets, we could eat all we wanted, but we'd stay healthy, slim. Like eating vegetables. As my wife said, eating like a rabbit. <laughs> no. This flesh really likes to be comfortable. This flesh craves certain things and finds great comfort in the uh, abundance of it. Huh. We find comfort in opening up them deep freezes. Filled up. Not only one. <laughs> we got two. <laughs> Refrigerator. We find comfort in that, don't we? There's been more chicken sold and chicken pens built in the last two months. Because America seen their, their support going down the tunes. I mean, we got so afraid, we went and bought up all the toilet paper thinking everybody else is going to get it all. <laughs> Woo! Sometimes I wonder just how shallow we really are. <laughs> I'm just talking in general here, okay? But I'm telling the truth, ain't I? When God sent the man of God by that brook all by himself, Home arrest, house arrest. <laughs> you go hide yourself. Because they're going to be after you because you're the man. You're the one the pressure's going to be put on to pray before this three and a half years is up. You're the one, amen, they're going to put pressure on to try to change it and remap it. Real. Why do you think there's so much pressure put on the pulpit? The real pulpit. Why do you think there's a warning in the revelations about the Laodicean time and how that the, the pew, or could we say the chairs, that wants to rule the pulpit? Why do you think, amen, that across our nation, that we've got churches that gather together, that boards, rules, what's preached across the pulpit instead of God that rules and the Word of God? The man, you can't muzzle the ox, amen, that treads the corn. Hallelujah. If you muzzle that ox, you can forget the corn being treaded. And you forget being saved, too. You forget, amen, having the blessings and the favor of God with it. But if you won't, if you won't muzzle the ox and let the man of God be the man of God, and I'll tell you something, he's got a responsibility to God. Don't you worry about it. 
take him. And God's got his way of taking care of him. God could take him out any moment, any time he gets ready to. And any method, any way he sees fit to do it. God's a big old God. And he knows, you know what? If my people humble themselves and pray, you know what? God's will can be done. It doesn't matter if it's a spiritual situation. It doesn't matter if it's a physical situation. It doesn't matter if it's a local assembly situation, whatever. He said, if my people humble themselves and pray, he said, I'll kill their lands. He's talking to a nation. You can't bind up the man of God. He's my representation. And so God hid him. God put him in a place. Amen. To protect him and hide him. And after leaving there and making his way. Now notice. If you go to Jesus. Talks about this particular widow. How that none. There was many widows in Israel. But, but apparently. He couldn't call on any of them. To trust him. To believe in him. But notice he used the same term as he did with the raven. I commanded this widow. And so as he arrives and gets to the city, behold, the widow was there gathering of sticks. He called to her and said, fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel that I may drink. And, um, you know, no doubt he must have been led by the Lord to go to directly to her place and here she is out there she had her mind made up you know and and you know the scriptures doesn't really say we can just I think the reason scripture is written this way so that we can fill in the blanks uh, is as maybe our own condition sometimes we don't know how long uh, maybe she done had prolonged taking that last little bit of meal that last little bit of oil and Fixing a man a cake, a small cake for just her and her son. And maybe she had put it off now for a day or two or three maybe. And But now she come to the realization, I might as well go out here and gather up. You know, God's a perfect God. Amen. He can really put things together. The timing together, you know. Things are not by accident. You know, sometimes we say, boy, I accidentally run into so it's Not necessarily. Not when God was in it. Not when the Holy Ghost moved and, and the power of God. No, God prearranged that. He worked it out. And so even here with the man of God and with this little widow woman, as she's out, she's gathering up those sticks. Amen. And he sends her to get a little water. And as she turns to go, she didn't have no problem with that. She, she, so apparently she had water. That was more than what some, you know. Those in Israel didn't. There was a drought time. For three and a half years. But the little widow woman apparently had some water. And so she turns to go get the water. He speaks to her. Amen. And tells her. And as she was going to fetch it, he calls to her. And said, bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thy hand. Now, we can preach from this all different kind of angles and direction. People that don't like preachers, you know, they can begin to preach. Oh, selfish one. <laughs> Always thinking about himself and things of that nature. But if you really look at the word morsel, morsel actually means a bite or even as much as a crumb. Could it have been on that day whenever Jesus and that little lady come that had the daughter that was faxed with the devil? The disciples had done everything they could to offend her and run her off, but she wouldn't leave. <laughs> she just made her way on to the Lord. And even whenever he wouldn't respond to her, and she still wouldn't leave. You see, when you got your mind made up and you know where your answer's at, you can't be easily offended. Come on now. That's not all. When you make up your mind to live for God. Great peace have they which love thy 
law. And nothing shall offend them. What's preached across this pulpit under the anointing of the Holy Ghost and the power of God should never offend us. If it's going to do anything, it should convert us or convict our hearts that we may be converted and obey it and respond. You know why? Because we know that God loves us. He loves us. And so the things that he put in this book is nothing but amen, instructions and guidance of how to be saved and how to keep ourselves in a raptured condition. It still amazes me that we have one book of how to be saved or how to receive the Holy Ghost to start the journey that we might be saved. And 21 books are written unto us to help try to keep us in a raptured and saved condition. If you notice on almost every one of those letters of the 21, it's written into it mentions how it's writing to who? Saints. Saints. Saints has already experienced the book of Acts. It's who they're writing unto. So it's it's a mistake on our part when we over overstep Acts and try to go to other letters to attain salvation. Thank God for the book of Acts and the experience of the book of Acts and the power that we read about in the book of Acts. The church, amen. Hallelujah, that had revival. Amen. Man, the church that had great moves of God. You read it in the book of Acts is where it's at. And so as you watch it here, she, he speaks to her and she, she responds unto him. And she said, as the Lord thy God liveth. <laughs> kind of like Elijah. When he is on this side of Jordan for the first time, he picks up that mantle and he calls on the God of Elijah. But from that point on now, after he opened that river, that Jordan, he comes back. He doesn't call him the God of Elijah. There's nothing wrong with, with, with tapping in and hooking up with faith of others and, and using that as, as means and ways. But I want to tell you something for us to finish the journey and become the vessel that God wants us to be. There's somewhere along the journey he's got to become your own personal God. Your own personal savior you got to get to the place that you can hear his voice that you can feel his touch you can't depend on the the anointing and the flow and the outsplash of other people i'm gonna preach to you a little bit here now if you're depending on just the, the anointing and the visitations of god in church services on sunday morning and sunday night and wednesday night and that's the diet that you're trying to get by with in spiritual realms i'm telling you you're not going to make the journey it won't be enough amen because there's going to be a, a personal time. There's going to be a personal battle, a personal relationship. And that, that personal relationship and battle, amen, is the only thing in relationship with God that's going to get you through. That you can hear the voice of God, hear the instructions of God, and respond to it and win the battle. You can't depend on everybody else's. You've got to have your own personal experience. So here she is. As the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake. I don't have a loaf. I don't have something that I can cut and bring you a piece of it. She's telling him, I don't even have a cake big enough at this moment time to even cut you a mouthful of. Pantry's empty. Freezers are empty. You know what some of the best ways to get things from God is when you empty everything out. You don't reserve nothing. You don't hold anything. You put it all at the feet of Jesus. Cast all your cares. Here's all I've got, God. 
whatever it's worth. Here it is. But when you do that, that's when God can reach down and get a hold of it. That's when God can take the rule and the reign and take that little and make much out of it. Can take, as we would consider sometimes because we're all there, nobodies and begin to mold and make us into somebody. Not for ourselves, but for the work of God and for the kingdom of God. That's the reason you and I must become as a little child. That's the reason Saul, if Saul would have kept that same spirit and attitude, an approach and been to the call and the election that was upon his life as a little child, I'm as nothing. I don't know how to come in or go out, God, unless you help me. But when we start gathering up abundance, we start piling up, we start multiplying. If we're not careful, we'll start leaning toward that. Putting our confidence and our trust. I don't have to have God to answer. I, got, I can buy it. America's going to find itself one day not able to buy its way out of a mess. You better hear me this morning. America's going to find itself in a condition one day. They won't have the resources to send you a check. We better know a God. We better know how to hear him. And when he tells us to go certain places, without mumbling and complaining or questioning, he, he, yes, sir. She says, but a handful of meal is in the barrel, and a little oil is in the cruise. And behold, I'm gathering two sticks. She didn't call them logs. Two sticks. I got just enough meal and oil to make. I don't need but two sticks to, to cook it. That sounds like a cookie to me. Cupcake. And when you haven't eaten for no telling how long, because you probably have been putting it off. Does anybody, when, when a hurricane's coming, what do you do? Even before the lights are shut off. Put things in them freezer and all that and Somebody goes over and opens up the thing and just stand there look. Hey, get what you're going to get. Get out and shut that door. Man, I like Tracy go off. We've got to make that thing last. What's the matter with you? Now, Mama didn't wait on hurricanes to do that. I'll be honest with you. You need to have your mind made up before you open that door up. I mean, seriously, that's just the way she, that's just what she taught us. But anyway, first you want to know what, what you're doing in the refrigerator anyway. But anyway, praise God. But, uh, but, but, but. No doubt here, they hadn't been wasteful. They hadn't been spurging. They hadn't been, you know. And so, she's letting him know by the God that he's serving. I'm not lying to you, man of God. I got just enough to make this little cookie. I've been one of them little syrup cookies. Man, them things are good. 
Watch the man of God. Elijah said unto her, Fear not. Sure. Oh, let's, let's get with some reality here. Put yourself in the widow. You, we've been there. Somewhere along the journey, maybe not just the same setting, but it may be in a spiritual realm. It might have been in a financial realm. It might have been a help or something else. Fear not. Go and do as thou hast said. Watch this. You go, take them two sticks, take that little bit of oil. This is full, but it, but it, was, it was way down here. And you take that little bit of meal, and you do as you said, and make that cake. But make me thereof a little cake. Notice he said a little cake. He didn't go tell her. He said, go make me a pound cake. He said, go make me a little cake first. Now watch this. What's the real key to that? As she done unto the man of God who represented God, she was doing it as unto the Lord. That's the reason we're warned time after time about you better be careful how you put your hands on a man of God. You better be careful what you say. That's the reason David wouldn't touch Saul. Saul had been anointed. And after, now he didn't leave her hanging. Watch what he says. But make me therefore a little cake first and bring it unto me. And after, make for thee and for thy son. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, the barrel of meal shall not waste. You know what he's telling her? You know what? I don't believe that God filled up the barrel with meal. I don't believe that. Your need. What did they need? I, you know what I believe he done? He filled that barrel every morning. I believe every morning she scooped what was in it. But the next time she had need to make another cake, her faith brought her back to the empty barrel that she had left. But because she obeyed the man of God in and, 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 and 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 an action of faith and worship. Amen. Every time she come back to the supposedly empty barrel. When she come back and need again. Because watch this. If he'd have just filled up the barrel. I'm going to preach it to you. There's too many of the American people and Christians depend on their bank accounts. Their jobs. It's what they'll get the comfort from, their assurance from. Yes, God's blessed us with all of this. But let's don't make the mistake Israel made. And the very thing he put as a blessing in our life, we begin to make it the God and the worship it more than we worship the God that blessed us with it. 
Did they do that? They sure did. Hezekiah finally had to destroy that brazen serpent. At one time was such a blessing to them and reminded them how often God had blessed them and killed them from being bitten by the serpent. How often Satan trying to bite us. How often Satan trying to derail us and sidetracked us. And so sometimes it takes greater faith to let God put just enough in the meal, just enough meal in the barrel to get me today. Because today is all I've got anyway. Because Jesus come along later on and taught us. He said, don't worry about the evils of tomorrow. You just got today. That's all you need. Tomorrow will take care of itself. But that's the opposite of the American dream. That's the opposite, opposite of our culture. Hey, some of y'all don't like this. You won't lift your head and you won't look at me. Because, but that's all right. That's all right. That's your business. See, God knows. God knows. Will we really trust him or not? Because God can't slip some of them gods out wonders. And then we'll see how we worship him. And how faithful we'll be. Can I dance over... You know, I think the oil was the same way. I don't believe he filled up the oil. It's kind of like a little, little lady. <laughs> she kept pouring it out. What amazed her was, she had a bottle, a pot of oil that was about like this. And she got to filling up jugs about this. That's the reason Jesus can tell them after three days, said, hey, I don't want nobody to leave here hungry. I don't want nobody leaving here and faint on the way home because they hadn't had anything to eat. Jesus, you don't understand. <laughs> Best we come up with five loaves and a few fishes. And there's at least 5,000 people here. I set them down. Put them in order. If you just do things in order and line up with God, I'll I, I take care of it. you ever get aggravated about paying your tithes and being faithful to the house of God and the service of the kingdom of God. God could take that right there and bless it any moment, any time he gets ready to. The whole world could shut down, but he don't stop the God of heaven. Man, our God's so awesome, you just set the table anyway. Praise God. Now, now, we find greater comfort in what? <laughs> I mean, we find a whole lot more comfortable if uh, God just keeps filling up them freezers. And, you know, the pantries who open them up. <laughs> we go to Walmart. And I, I mean, that makes us feel a whole lot better. You know, I hadn't heard nothing about toilet paper in the last four or, four or five weeks. I wonder why. Because <laughs> I... <laughs> I'm not worried about running out because my neighbor's got plenty. <laughs> Hallelujah. God's talking to us this morning. God's good to us, isn't he? <laughs> Praise God.
Praise God. Praise God. Hey, this is a God we serve. This is a God that we believe in. <laughs> he doesn't have to fill up the barrel for me to trust him and to rely upon him. He doesn't have to give me a million dollars or two million or ten million, amen, in some account, amen, for me to, to know that he's, I'm here. I got food to eat. I got clothes on. I got a automobile to drive. God's good. But you know what? Paul went further than that, didn't he? He really said, hey, if you got clothes to put on and food to put in your belly, and knowing this, that God will never leave it nor forsake you, be content. Be content. Be content. We're living in one of the most, un you know why we're living in one of the most uncontent generations? It's because covetousness. That can be covering a lot of areas. I believe God filled that, that meal and that barrel. How long did he do that? As long as there was a need. How long was that? Read the scripture. Until it began to rain. And once the rain started, she went back out to the garden. She went back to the, the marketplace. She bought the corn. She grinded it up. She filled up her barrel. But until then, I don't know if it was two years. I don't know if it was a year and a half. I don't know how long it was. But every morning and every evening, she depended on the God of Israel, amen, to put what she knew. And you know what? You can't get it no fresher than that. He wasn't going to let it sit in there for an hour or two hours, get stale, allow any book. Come on, I'm preaching to you. Hallelujah. The goodness and the mercies of God are with us and rides with us every day. He's not just a Sunday God. He's not just a Wednesday night God. He's a God. God on a Monday and a Tuesday and a Wednesday and a Thursday and a Friday and a Saturday and a Sunday every day of my life and that's not all. He walks with me up the mountain. He walks with me down the valleys. I tell you, he's supplied by every need. He's been my supplier. He is your supplier today. We stand in this house this morning. God's been good to us. God's been good to America. I love America. Don't ever get the opinion, regardless how much I say about the American dream. I love this nation. God loves this nation. That's obvious. But we cannot even allow this nation and being patriotic to it to rob us of who the God is and who the real blesser is in our lives as obedient vessels unto his word and it's just as important unto his will to his will and sometimes his will we would much rather had it some other way but we must trust him that his will will be done as vessels of God and that's the reason there's so many different walks of life. It's even in this service this morning. But we all can come together and say, you know what? He has supplied my every need. He's been good to me. I have nothing to mumble or complain about. God has been so gracious. He's blessed me beyond what I deserve. 
even with this day, he's kept us and blessed us. Let's pray. I just feel the sweet presence of the Lord. God, we love you this morning. Help us. Help us here today. As you look down upon the hearts and lives that have come and have gathered here this morning. You look down on each one of us in a special way to touch each one. To reassure in our hearts, our minds, and spirit that there is hope. And there is hope in you. Even in the crisis and the circumstances that we're facing as a nation, as a family, or as an individual. You're God in all the areas. To minister to our hearts and to our needs. To move upon our behalf and to help us. I pray that the word that has been spoken here this morning and the presence that we have felt here today, the God of Israel, our Lord Jesus Christ, would go with each and every one of us, touching us, guiding us, helping us like never before, God, as vessels of yours in this end time. Help us see revival like never before. See the hand and the power of God moving among us and through us, giving you the glory for it, giving you the praise for it in that precious name. Of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we pray. We love you this morning and appreciate you so much for coming, being a part of this service. And we pray that the Lord would be with you. Let me say again.